Well, hi there. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. The world rugby election is fast approaching when the sports governing body will decide its council chairman. An electronic ballot will take place on April 26th with the result to be announced on May the 12th. The incumbent is Bill Beaumont of England, who succeeded Bernard Lapasse of France in 2016. Mr. Beaumont ran unopposed four years ago. This time, he has a challenger. His current vice chairman, Agustin Pichot of Argentina, is attempting to make history. At 45 years old, he would not only be the youngest world rugby chairman, he would be the first from a country outside the traditional five nations. Uh, the late Vernon Pugh of Wales was the first man elected to the position in 1996 when the organization was still called the International Rugby Board. Uh, Sid Miller of Ireland took over in 2003 first in an interim capacity when Mr. Pugh tragically passed away from cancer, then as the elected chairman in 2004. Gus Pichot made his test debut for Las Pumas in 1995 at the age of 20. He would go on to win 71 caps, playing in three World Cups and captaining his country on 30 occasions. Originally from the Kazi Club in Buenos Aires, he would play professionally for Richmond and Bristol in the English Premiership and Stade Francais and Racing in the French Top 14. Now on the campaign trail ahead of what is being viewed as a pivotal election in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic, we were given the opportunity to have a candid chat with the vice chairman, which we present to you now in its entirety. Well, Gus, first of all, thank you very much for giving us uh, some of your time. You've got a really remarkable schedule going on right now. I, I guess the good thing is uh, you don't actually have to travel around to do all these interviews. You can just do them from home. <laughs> Yes, uh, to be honest, uh, yeah, first of all, uh, hoping that you're safe and, and people are safe. Um, yes, I I would have loved, to be honest, I would have loved to do the, to do the round trip because I, I, I strongly believe that you have to reach out. And I've been to the Vancouver Sevens and I've been the last years in America traveling not only for business, but mainly for rugby. And I've been in many, many meetings from the Las Vegas Sevens trying to make it work, the MLR trying to make that grow, pushing the rugby championship as well, uh, the America's rugby championship, interviewing Dan Payne to jump from CEO of USA to put him as the CEO of the Americas because I thought that we needed that 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 push from from the north to to, to carry on growing um, and being part of the board as well that we can discuss as well. So I would have loved to have more time to to go do a a, a round trip to be honest and, and especially in Africa in. Because at the end of the day, those are the countries that nobody goes to, and and they're not the, and probably because they don't have so much power, then you just leave it to some friends and some mates, to to just uh, give you the support, and 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 then the the interesting thing is the work that you have done, and I I just always say that the important thing is to be humble enough to to just be around, listen, see the realities, and and understand. Um, how the high performance system works, how the club level works. So you can, first of all, to learn about the game that I love and then to see how you can help for, for, for countries to develop and have a fair chance on a Rugby World Cup and not be every four years that you find always the same. So there's a strange kind of narrative uh, in the British media, especially, that this is somehow a surprise that you're running. I mean, uh, all of us in the Americas, you know, we don't understand it because we all expected you to uh, step up and challenge for this role. Um, 
Mr. Beaumont announced in January that he was going to run with Bernard Laporte. Uh, when did you actually make the decision to run for the chairman position? And, and why are you kind of flying solo? Did you ever think of adding anybody else? Yes, and I'll give you the why. And, and this is, you, you, you can say that is naive or very utopic. But um, when in January I was waiting the World Cup, I said to Bill that I couldn't We have different philosophies because the, the National Cup failed and I, I was seeing that the conservatism was pushing me out and the establishment and the, even the, some of the staff of World Rugby was pushing me out because I was being very clinical and very disciplined and very intense um, for the change, obviously, for the, for, for, for the, the mindset of the modern game. Um, and I was pushed back. I was saying, what happened with the, with the E-Games meeting? No, it didn't happen. What happened with... So everything, you know, I was pushing and pushing as I, I tend to do. Um, and then I decided, I said, Bill, and he said, oh, I want, why don't we carry on the same way? It's fine. Four more years, then you become chairman. I said, I don't work that way, Bill. I cannot be waiting another four years in my life. There are a lot of projects that I would love to do. I love rugby a lot, but I won't be here just flying business class around the world uh, just to have a couple of meetings a year and, and be the same. I can't. My, I, if, I, if I don't spend time with my daughters and, and my family and my friends and my dogs, then I prefer to, to do something meaningful. Um, so I, I was clear in that. And then um, I said, I would have to think if I want to run or not. But I really, to be honest, Brian, I wasn't thinking. I was thinking that probably the South or, or Bill will agree with, with the nations of the South, will agree on a formula, maybe not him, but I don't know, putting somebody from Wales or, or from New Zealand and discuss uh, who could run or, or even a, a woman would be good to have some inclusion. But... That didn't happen. And then the formula was announced in January very soon. Intriguingly, the manifesto was launched after mine. So that, that's and it's, it's very similar. So um, uh, and that's that's funny. But um, on, on January, when Sansar asked me and I said, OK, let's do it and said, OK, do you want to run with some of us? With New Zealand, powerful countries, South Africa, Australia. And I said, well, we'll be giving the wrong message. We'll be dividing the world, and I don't want that. We're waiting until now. We're gonna we're gonna do the same. We're gonna put the south against the north. Uh, why don't we, as each individual, why don't we live? And then if there's a good candidate in the north, then we'll, we'll we'll just have a better governance. That's how I thought at that stage, and that's why we we thought on a again probably on a utopic way of of governance. And when we decided this, this was the second week of February, when we were about to launch, I was very Again, very. I try to my common sense to work. That how can I launch something when I have my employees and and people that work for me not understanding if they will have a job in a couple of months because of the coronavirus. So I find that it was. I had to understand. I have more than 800 employees, Brian, that that at some stage depend on my companies, and I find it that if I went on March and say, guys, in the middle of a pandemic, guys. I'm going to run for chairman. They're going to say, hold on. And what do you thought about us? So it took me some weeks to just to give that confidence. And even today, I keep on on my day job and helping my CEOs to be comfortable that the funds will be there, that the shortfall won't be so big, and as everyone is doing at the moment. And at the same time, I was thinking, okay, I know what I want. I know I don't need to invent a manifesto. And, and the manifesto came out like this in six seconds. It's just six points that I, I don't need to repeat. It. No, I know them by heart. I don't have to 
look at somebody else's manifesto to write it. It's how I've been working the last five years or six or eight years with Argentina in the Super Rugby and, and Rugby Championship and the America's Championship and what I would discuss. So it wasn't, that's how I do it. I talk to the players about what is the best that they can do. I talk to the female players about sevens or 15 in my camp. And that's how I operate. And that's how we created the, the different strategies and vision for, for South America first and for America. So basically, for me, it's, again, maybe again, it's not a campaign of six months trying to be, it's, it's just showing who you are and how you are. And, if, and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's if we want to change and how. And people will say, oh, your changes are quite radical. I said, really? Do you think it's radical to have a mindset like the game is going? Today, the game is going at a speed. The fans are engaged in a speed that never happened before. And we are not uh, working in that cadence, I think. The mindset is not the same. We meet every six months. We make decisions of the game every four years. And today, that's, that's unacceptable. The only thing that we did very well, to be honest, is the the concussion because that was a massive problem and, and we address it I think quite well uh, but again some some technology into the game uh, some again uh, uh, technology into the fans uh, and especially the global and really inclusive global calendar to create more income for the women's game it didn't happen. Well, there's a few things in there that I want to touch on, but but since you mentioned it, uh, like you were saying, if you don't meet that often, how much can you really get done? I mean, uh, you came out with your platform, and uh, the main points are six of them. They're they're very succinct, but they had some detail to them. Uh, Mr. Beaumont, on the other hand, put his out uh, like a day ago, and it's about I think it's five pages or seven, I guess, all told. Uh, but it's really pretty vague. It just seems like it has a lot of stuff jammed in there. I mean. Uh, how much can you really do in four years? Uh, you know, seeing how slow progress has been, uh, you know, you sound more ambitious in, in what you think you can achieve. Well, it's again, it's it's time. I, I and maybe that's 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 something I will, I will never know when I when I, in 20 years time, I, I'll tell you if it worked or it didn't. Um, I think that the opportunities are there to grab and, and, and that's how the same as I play. Right? I think. I couldn't wait and think, oh, in four years' time, I'm going to have a World Cup, or in eight years' time, I'm going to play a second World Cup. It's every Saturday, is just train as hard as you can. And that's the resilience and the discipline that you have, and that I've been bought to, and the same I did with business. Um, and I know the game. I've been there, I've been, I've been in successful clubs, I've been in financially difficult clubs, I understand it quite well. I'm not saying that I know the solution, but I understand it very well because I've been there. Um, and one of the biggest things that rugby has is that the government body has been away from the reality, like away from the private equity, away from that, and then CBC signs a deal with Six Nations, away from the clubs, and then the clubs uh, decide to go right, right or left. Outside of the players, we decide to do a nation's cup, and then the players were not consulted. And when I asked, why did you talk to the players? Oh, yes, we talked to them. And when I speak to the players' association, they say, no, guys, they never talk to us. So those are the things that you can change very, very quickly. It's the mindset of putting people relevant and putting the dots in order to just and keep the discipline. You're going to say, OK, we explore this vertical of the women's game. How much? What is the plan? 
Okay, let's start. How do we do the calendar? More tough. We have to bring a lot of puzzles. Okay, where do you place each country? Okay, what is real? Does USA can play the rugby championship now? No, there's no point. Let's see when. All those things that you do, you, you, you keep on being disciplined and just opening the window and following up. Opening the window and following up. If you don't do that on one stage, then what you do is you react all the time. You react, you just follow, you keep on following and being reactive. I don't like being reactive. I've been coached and trained to anticipate the move. That's how, and, and the same in business. If I today, for example, we're discussing about, uh, for example, with the pandemic, I give you an idea of technology, when the, and I have a production company. When the thing arrived, my first thing to my technical people was to bring the holograms straight in to the table. Of te and they look at me saying, what is, no, no, yes, I want the hologram system to interview people that are on the, on the living room, the houses, to be on my living room if I want to do, if, if one of the, our journalists wants to do a one-to-one -one with Lionel Messi in Spain. They look at me with the eyes like this, said, but that's the way, that's the way you challenge. And, and now they're working, they've been for the last week and two weeks trying to see how you get the technology in the living room because you're isolated. So then you have other problems. But that's the type of things that you, and you follow up and two weeks, after you go to your, your, your engineer said, how are we doing with holograms? And your CEO has to be on top of saying, 20 minutes later, the board has asked for the holograms. What are we doing about it? And this is the type of game that, 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 that rugby doesn't have. And you, you, you have seen it in, in USA. The World Cup cost the USA, it cost them to be on their knees now, just to perform on a rugby World Cup, correct? Oh, that detail create them the problems they had. How unfair is that? Well, rugby netted a lot of million dollars and the USA on their knees. They didn't qualify. They did okay. And then the, 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 the burden of people that they spend too much money to have a competitive, decent team. How fair is that? Right? It's not fair, is it? Kind of similar. Where Canada... Um, basically spent all their money uh, trying to qualify for the World Cup and ran out and had actually had to ask all the members for a, a handout for extra money um, to try and qualify. And when they finally did qualify for, uh, when, when they won the repechage, finally, they got some, some, some money from uh, some Yeah, look at that, rugby. exactly. Yeah. Look, look at that, look at that. So you don't have the grants. This, this is quite how crazy it is. Eh? And I've been part, and I always challenge this. You can, you can, you know, Tim can tell you, Alan can tell you, I always challenge this, not only for, for Canada, also for Uruguay. Or for, so if you don't have the money because X, Y, or Z, if the Vancouver Sevens didn't do very well or whatever, doesn't matter, or you spend too much in the, in the women's Sevens or in the men's, whatever, you don't have the grants allocated until you qualify, you have extra grants. Once you are seven months away, none, how much can a, a check can change your performance? Right? I can tell you, it, won't, it, just, it will make you a little bit more competitive. Why? Because maybe you can, you can camp together two more weeks. That's what USA tried to do. That's what bankrupt USA. Camping more days because the coaching team needed more time together. And that created the problem. Simple as that. And so you will ask, well, what do we do different? Well, the revenue share is wrong about a rugby world cup. How, how does Argentina and other countries get so much money and the other one less? That's a discussion that has to be made. 
I'm not saying that with that money, Canada men's and women will have a better high performance uh, uh, system, but for sure it would be different. At least you you have more things to and, and players to be not in salaries but in installations, in in touring, in playing, and I believe in competition is key. And and the only way you can do that if you got you get investment. If not, you can't. That's why I created the American Rugby Championship and the Rugby Challenge and the sevens in the regions carry on giving the players more chances to compete and be better. So, uh, like I said, you, you, you played a huge role in that uh, America's Rugby Championship. I think that's been a massive uh, plus for America's Rugby, really revolutionary almost, uh, and big for Canada. So now uh, we're on the kind of the nation's, uh, the nation's championship or world league concept, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's interesting. This is one of these specific things that's in your kind of uh, manifesto as opposed to Mr. Beaumont. Um, now uh, you, you tried to get this through before um, and, yeah, and it fell short. It wasn't, didn't have a lot of support. Now there's varying reasons for this, but I guess, why do you think it's worth uh, pursuing again? Why do you, wh- it had a lot what, of, what has changed? It had a lot of support. That's, the interesting thing more income more it was a it was a brilliant project the problem was that six nations were dealing with cbc and they wanted to they didn't want to give up power and they didn't trust world rugby simple and we didn't lead it in the proper way i believe that with this crisis we have an opportunity to bring back and bring six nations and sansar first and then start massaging the, the the whole concept of the calendar again i strongly believe that there will be chances for for bringing it to light or at least have a better have a better understanding of, of the global game. So it's more it's more about getting the global calendar than uh, the actual idea of the, uh, the 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 nations championship per se. But it, the, the global exactly. calendar to you is more important. Yeah. Now um, uh, it's it's interesting because uh, speaking of the the ARC um, and now that we've got Major League Rugby and the Superliga uh, starting to evolve in 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 South America. We've almost kind of achieved that already in the Americas. It's almost a model where you could say we've got the professional rugby at the beginning of the year, completely separate from the international rugby. Um, and we can exactly. kind of see it in the Southern Hemisphere with Super Rugby in their international season. The, the the real problem, I guess everybody kind of sees it really, is is the Six Nations and the European clubs. Uh, and they're so steeped in tradition, the way that the season is set up, they don't want to move. You know, like you say, maybe <laughs> the relegation part isn't as, as important. I know it's very important for some, but um, with the global calendar thing, I mean, that's that's the crux of the problem here. And it really yeah, hasn't had... Another thing, Brian, and, and, and just look at this. If you were Canada now, sit down, put yourself as Canada, USA, Uruguay, Fiji, you choose outside of the 10 countries. Look at the calendar that I was very pissed off in San Francisco and I made it very vocal. Look at the calendars and look at how many games does Canada have against the Tier 1 nations and the opportunity. Not only that, if you tell me that I, if Argentina, you tell me that I have to qualify in five years to play the rugby championship, that's fair. And you give me a competition because I'm not ready, because whatever, criteria, I'm fine. I will start, I will build a solid plan and one day I will arrive there because in merit of games and in merit of of, of doing it, I will make it. From now until 2030, there's no hope about that. Because in San Francisco, we settled for a, to- a, a, a calendar that was the starting point, and that was my biggest frustration. That was going to be the starting point of a meeting to start talking about the global calendar. 
when it didn't happen, and I was seeing that they were slowing things down, and, and it went, we met in January, and then it didn't happen, and then it didn't happen. On September of 2017, I went public and said, we need a new league. And things start rolling and moving, correct? And we and said, no, there's not going to be enough money. There was triple income guaranteed from, from, um, from, from, from private equity. Then we went through the process. And then the excuse of the promotion relegation was just for an excuse for the Six Nations to, to just not do it. And that's fine. I don't disagree, self-preservation. But we could have worked it or massaged it better. We could have done it because at the end of the day, it was better for the whole game and the world. That's why I knew that I was going nowhere and I had to make a decision to step aside. So as it stands, as you say, it's, it's very tough for, for Canada and the United States as well to get those Tier 1 matches. I guess one of the criticisms of one of the uh, the previous uh, the Nations Championship, the previous rendition, or the one that was uh, presented anyways, um, was that under that format, say Canada or USA or whoever was in like the second division, yeah. uh, I guess one of the criticisms was that if really to get into that first division and play against other tier one sides, you really had to win. Like there was no crossover. So uh, it could have been years before they would have that opportunity to play again under that model. But um, I mean, as you say, if, if you can work out another model, um, then that particular aspect well, might be more palatable. Yeah. yeah, you can expand. And at the end of the day, also you have to see at the, of, of, if you look at the soccer model, if you start going that way and you start creating the, the, the market, then you can just cut it and do, uh, and do qualifiers for the World Rugby World, uh, like a qualifiers, a, a Pan-American qualifiers for World Rugby World Cup. And I'm talking futuristic, but if you look at that, that's the best model. Copa America, uh, you have, the, you have the, the, the different ways of qualifying in the region because the region creates itself the, the, the income. So you don't need to fly some one year, have the, this tournament, the following year and the following have qualifiers for the World Cup and then have to play region-wise. I'm probably talking you in 10 years' time, Brian. But that's the way you have to look, because that will mean that Mexico, uh, uh, Brazil, economies that are very big, will be looking forward to have rugby on their countries. And that will make the difference. If not, you're always going to need England and France to subsidize the game. And that's the patronizing way that you are stuck. So uh, we've seen the, already the influence of, of Major League Rugby having on uh, in the States with interest in the game, with performance of the Eagles, uh, in Canada as well with the Arrows, the success that they've had. Uh, Superliga, you know, we only saw three games, but uh, the, the, the two games with people at were, there was a lot of people there. I mean, I think the attendance was 10,000. Yeah, it, it would be great, man. Um, so I, it, it looks like the... Like everything is building in the Americas. We, we just had this fantastic. I was in Japan. The World Cup was was incredible. First time it was ever outside of a big tier one nation. Is the time now to look at the Americas for a World Cup, be it South America, North America, or both at some point? I think in the next cycle of two, I think it could happen. Uh, 27, 31. I would tend more to the 31, if you ask me personally. Right. I think we need a couple more years to keep on growing this fan expectation and then have a landing point when you finish, you know? Um, and uh, I would definitely do it 
in 31 or, or would be in an emerging country to optimize that. So in the case of, say, a, a North American one, would, would, would you support uh, like a Canada-USA bid or would you prefer just one country, like a one USA? Uh, kind I'm, of, I'm, I'm, again, modern-wise, I'm open. Again, that's, that's up to the countries to... I, I have no issues of even uh, uh, combined or even if, if, if other countries, uh, Ireland or Scotland and Wales, decide to do combined, like some people are talking about, Canada-USA doing combined... I'm fine. Uh, New Zealand, Australia, I don't think so, but if Australia want to share the 2027 bid with, again, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not worried at all. I want to uh, ask you about something that I think is very unique with your platform. And I think this is the first time I've ever actually heard this from a, a rugby administrator, if we can call you that for a moment, even though I, yeah, I'm sure you probably you. think of yourself as uh, still a player. Yeah, but, thank, um, you, thank you, thank you. But uh, you want to create an innovation department that uses technology. You mentioned the Hawkeye for concussion management and so on. But but uh, one of the things that's getting pressed right now is is the video game concept. And some people might think this is silly, but Major League Rugby has been running this uh, Twitch tournament the past yeah, two it. or three weeks. Over it. a million views. Like, uh, uh, I, uh, It seems Brian, like a good I, way to bring in a, a new audience. My, my surname is Ficha. I probably you don't know this. Um it's called because you used to use coins and the coin is feature in Spanish. I was a, I was a complete uh, crazy uh, sick guy for video games. I spent it mostly all the money that I could take out of my house to run to a place that was I had to do I had to take two buses to go and play an arcade that was called Double Dragon Kung Fu Master at that, and that, that stages of my life when I was <laughs> 10 or 12 years old. Um, and I spent hours there until one day, if you were lucky enough or you had you had a Sega console uh, or an Atari before, and then you, you spend it hours and hours outside of playing rugby doing that. And that's today's the digital life for the young kids. I spend not hours in Fortnite, but I enjoy playing Fortnite quite much. I, If you ask me, I'll give you an example how, and I've been thinking this for the last two years, not now, how on earth we didn't go to Fortnite in Silicon Valley and ask them and say, guys, can we work together on a shell for, for the warriors that are with the New Zealand shirt, the England shirt, and, and make a stadium when the cloud comes that you have to go to a stadium and, and just fight each other? Simple <laughs> things that will bring... Right? You tell me, you laugh, you say, how simple? Well... It makes a difference. And then you go out and that's, that's the 360 way that kids think. My daughters, it's not about men or women. Anymore. It's about being entertained. And we haven't even talked about it. I'm not take, telling you uh, build a League of Legends uh, concept. I'm not, I'm not talking into that. I think League of Legends does an amazing job and FIFA does an amazing job. What I'm saying is rugby has his fans, its fans, to captivize the outside of the playing field. And, and, and we haven't, I, I, I spent one meeting with EA Sports in Chicago a couple of years ago for my business. And I was trying to seduce him about, can you help me please building a game of rugby? Com completely myself for rugby. And the guy was laughing. We were in a box in Chicago watching the Ireland New Zealand game. Um, and he said, come and see me and we discuss about it. It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's never expensive. If you ask me, that investment is crucial, and we haven't done it. We we lost track to Tony Hawk's 
skateboarding game. Um, and that's fine. I, I find Tony Hawk and I said to him in Los Angeles, Tony, I have no idea how to be a skateboarder. I, I'm very bad at it. I tried it several times because of you. I'm from Argentina. And the Tony Hawk video game I played every single day. And he was laughing. I said, well, I tried better. And he's, I said, I'm amazed you're older than me and you still uh, are an amazing athlete. And that's, those are the things that disturbed me a little bit about technology and modernizing the game. And probably it's one simple thing. But for me, it's massive because we are losing that cadence. Uh, another kind of different audience I haven't really touched, but you've already mentioned it a few times is, is women's rugby. Of course, next year is going to be a very big year. Uh, we've got the Olympics followed immediately by Rugby World Cup 2021. It, it seems like we haven't quite um, maintained the momentum of the last Women's World Cup. I agree. Uh, so how do we, wh where do you see women's rugby moving in the future? There's a new, there's a new proposal that I thought it was quite weak. Uh, but it was very good, but we needed to double it, and we couldn't. That uh, was presented in this last ex-committee, again, taking time. I think we have to be more aggressive. We have to go for it and, and just play more games and play more competitions. That's the only way, and, and just invest more. Simple. This is, you, have the, you have the teams, make them play more, use, use games to go to different markets, bring them to South America that we need that bring the Canadian team against uh, New Zealand and play a game in, in, in a, a friendly game in Argentina, um, why not? Uh, make them play. The, the, the girls want to play, want to play. Let's, let's invest into that. So I won't keep you too much longer here. You've been very gracious with your time, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, I, I know you're very passionate about uh, the eligibility rules. Uh, January is changing to five years from three. You had an uh, instrumental yeah. role in that. Uh, some people are in favor of scrapping the grandparent rule. Uh, others have suggested that maybe rugby should go, 15 should switch to the Olympic format, which requires a passport. Uh, do you, where do you stand on Regulation 8 now? Do you, are you okay where, with where it's headed now, or, or would you like to see anything else change? I, to be honest, I think, um, we, I, I think I'm looking always at that. I think it's, that's very dynamic, and you have different situations, and the universality of the rule, that's why people want to go to the Olympic Games, that is passport. Um, but in some countries that won't solve you. I'm, I, I'm always been open to have different uh, rules for countries. I know that the lawyers want to kill me when I say this. Uh, but uh, you have different situations. One thing is to go and get a, a South African player to play for Ireland. And a different one is to have a, a player that, that will never be selected and is living in the US or in college in the US and in Canada and you want to capture him. That's the, again, you can't do that because you have universality will be discriminating. So, uh, and that I've been hours and hours with lawyers about it. And I think we'll reach, I, I want to see in the next World Cup how it goes, the five year, and then analyze if it has to be touched again. Okay, well, we'll, we'll close with this. So, at the, at the 2017 uh, World Rugby General Assembly, in London, you gave the, the closing address and it was quite passionate and, and, and you kind of ended it with, don't get me wrong, uh, money, agents, TV rights, they don't produce that. You're referring to rugby values. Uh, you said, we produce this in our countries. Uh, don't get it wrong. Um, it's not 2020, but three years, just about three years later, uh, is rugby getting it right? No, nope. <laughs> that's why I'm running. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Well, we'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, well, thank you again, uh, Agustina. Thank you, Gus. Well, you guys, it's 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 been a yeah. pleasure, and uh, certainly we wish you the best of luck next week, next month, rather. Thank you, thank you very much, Brian, and thank you for your time. Sorry for the delay, but we Ramiro got it wrong, and I won't kill him. Don't worry. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.